All right, are we ready today? Come on, come on. Welcome to our 930 service, Family Sunday here at Generations Church. Great to have all the uh, kids and teenagers in the house with us and participating in tithes and offerings, as well as greeting, running cameras, all kinds of different stuff, taking notes, so we're excited for that. Uh, Just wanted to uh, just reference next Sunday, we start our series in the month of October called Ghost Stories. You can miss it, but I wouldn't if I was you. So it's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff, including the demonic realm, uh, teaching what the Bible says about that, as well as the Holy Ghost. Amen? And uh, some of his stories that we need to share with people. And uh, it's interesting how October, all kinds of spiritual stuff happens. And people get all kinds of interested in Halloween and pumpkins and all this type of stuff. But do we talk about the Holy Ghost as much as we talk about pumpkins? But that's starting next week, so uh, praise the Lord. Amen. I do want to address, unfortunately, uh, as many of you know, uh, in this past week, a young man, 13 years old, by the name of Diego, uh, was bullied and hit and passed away from hitting his head. And uh, it's really unfortunate that in the days and times that we live in, these things happen. Uh, However, they've been happening forever. And uh, it is a demonic attack. It's the spirit realm. It's, uh, you know, we look at the passing of this young man and his family and we grieve for them. Because we just put ourselves in the position of that mom or that dad or those brothers and those sisters who lost a loved one. And it's, it's terrible uh, that that took place. But then we also think about the young boy or boys who committed these things. And the infrastructure that must not be there in their home for them to act in such a way. So there's a really a breakdown of the family institution, which I'm actually going to minister on today in some ways, but I just wanted us just to take a minute as a church and just to, you know, at sporting events, they take a moment of silence. And I don't really know what people do there or if being silent really does anything. So I'm going to say we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for his family. And we're going to pray for... Just for those in authority over the school districts, that they would use wisdom, uh, that people would speak up, that uh, we would protect and be there for our children, and really just pray for this this time. And and I don't want to just bypass it. It's just another thing that happens is uh, shootings and other stuff. And there's even commercials now about uh, just different things taking place in our schools. It's absolutely amazing. And I'm just going to let you know, and I I... This has nothing to do with it, but I've been in contact with Bob Tyler, who's uh, for Advocates of Faith and Freedom, and some of the stuff that's coming into our school systems uh, that is being taught. And I am putting together a plan for him to actually come speak on Sunday morning and share that with the church because it's absolutely unbelievable some of the stuff that's being passed through at the highest levels of our, of our school systems at the state of California that's being given to teach our children as early as kindergarten. And um, so I'm, I'm putting that together. I, I, it actually was scheduled for November, but I haven't had a piece about it. So we're kind of relooking at when we can schedule that. So, you know, if there's, uh, if there's one individual that definitely uh, has, has family and kids and uh, really Pastor Boyd and Lehua, our family of just doing family, uh, we want to inform you 
train you, equip you to be the best parents, to be the best mom, to be the best dad, because the day and time what we live in, there is not great role models in that area. And so if you don't have one, I'll sign up and say, watch us. Amen. If you don't know what to do, I'll say, listen to us. We teach it. And uh, today we're going to talk about it some. Amen. But before we get into all that, I just want us to, as a church, let's just pray uh, for this uh, young man's family. So, Father, uh, we know, Lord, uh, your hand and your protection. Father, we thank you for your peace that surpasses all understanding intellectually that we cannot understand, but by the spirit and the heart, Father God, that you can comfort Diego's family. Father God, we just lift them up to you in Jesus' name. But Father God, we also lift up the family of the other individuals involved. And Father God, we pray that through this tragedy that there would be people who would seek you. People who wouldn't blame you, but they would seek you. And so Lord, we just thank you. And we just come against the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We come against him. We take authority over the demonic realm. The devil, the spiritual hosts of wickedness over the city and region of Moreno Valley and Paris and Riverside. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father God, that the Holy Spirit rises, that grace rises. In Jesus' name, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And so, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name that we represent heaven on this earth in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, and we all agreed, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So I don't know uh, a whole lot of the details. I guess they haven't even released the, the last name of the individual, but uh, maybe people know that are in the school systems here. But uh, just continue to, to lift up their family. Obviously, uh, a terrible uh, situation that has taken place. Uh, today being Family Sunday, we do this, uh, if you don't know, uh, the fifth Sunday. Whenever there's a month that has five Sundays... Uh, and it's a little bit strategic on our part. One, we really want to model to our teenagers and our children what we do, how we worship. Amen. And really just uh, uh, model that for them, but really just have Family Sunday. Uh, but then the other thing is it, it helps our children's ministry get one Sunday every now and then a break where everybody can come in and participate as the family, as church. Amen. And so, uh, so that's sort of why we do it. I've, I've heard of some people, and I, I won't say any names because I don't know any names, but I've, I've, I've heard of some people who know, oh, it's Family Sunday. Oh, we're not going to go because I can't keep my little one still for an hour and a half. And I totally get that if they're one or two, but I'm okay with them walking around. If your little toddler wants to come sit up here and wave at me the whole time I'm talking, I'm okay with that. All right? If they want to crawl under the seats, I'm okay with that. If they want to color uh, crayons, did we give those out? We, we, we missed that one, didn't we? Uh, we'll get it next time. So we're going to equip you to have some tools. But here's the other thing. If, if, if the person, if your child is like four years old, or like five years old and you're saying that, then that's a parenting issue, not a kid issue. You might not like me, but you'll learn to love me. Because if you can't get your four-year-old to sit still, especially in the day and time we live in, all you got to do is pull out the iPad or the phone, and they just go. Ah. They're just like that. It's amazing. It's amazing. We didn't have that when I was a parent. You ain't got no excuse. No excuse. We didn't have nothing. like We had Tonka trucks. We had little G.I. Joes that they could play with. They had to pretend those kinds of things. And now they just go, transforming door. 
Fortnite. Yeah, that's what I said. Ah, uh, dab you. That's right. Speaking their language, speaking their language. Amen, amen. So we're going to get into today's message. But since we have all the kids in the house and the teenagers, I already made one cry. Thought we would start off today's message with a cartoon. So look at the screen. I don't know about you, but that's breakfast at our house. <laughs> Looks just like that. <laughs> I don't know if you picked up on it, but at the beginning, they were on the starting line. And he said, hey, come on, family. It's time to make breakfast or get breakfast. And they said, we do it together as a family, right? And, and my favorite part is when they flip grandma, heads or tails. Absolute classic. And then, you know, she came down tails, and then she's like, old lady down, old lady down. I was like, that's awesome. But uh, just, just the, the amazing things, but also just some spiritual things in that. It's like when that, uh, I don't know whatever that kind of animal was that woke up and came after them. We'll just call him the devil. When he comes, when he comes after you, that's when family have to stick together not divide and start talking bad. Well, if you would have not dropped the egg and if you would have outran him, we always get into the fault-blaming thing, but instead family needs to come together, especially when the enemy comes to try to take what is yours. Amen? And so just some really cool things there I thought we would kick it off with. And I just want to recap over the last few weeks. Today's our last day on our series together that we've been doing. Uh, week one, if you remember, we talked about how we do life together and how we soar as geese. Remember that? Are we going to be, yeah, or flap, right? The more geese flap, and we, we talked about this a little bit where with geese, why they fly in V formation is when they flap their wings, they create uplift for the goose behind them, and then the goose behind that one, and the goose behind that one, and that's why they fly in V formation. But if one of them gets injured or sick and it goes down, two other geese go down with that one until either they die or they get healed so that when they fly and catch up with the uh, pack, they can flap their wings and help each other fly until they catch up. And so it's amazing some of the things we can learn from geese and why they fly that way. We found out that they can fly 71% farther when they fly in V formation. So when we lift each other up at Generations Church, when we help serve alongside one another, one another when we get involved and, and we support each other, hold each other accountable, and really just pray for each other, it helps us go farther, amen, in our walk with Christ and not get taken out and just do life alone. Because just imagine if that geese that got sick or didn't feel well went off by itself and just stayed there. There's a pretty good chance it's going to be taken out by another critter creature, right? Another animal of the wild that's going to be eaten, but the other two geese go and they protect it and they hold it and then they fly and they catch up. And so this is what we need to do as the body of Christ is be there. You know, people say, you know, sometimes, oh, Pastor Troy, I haven't been to church in two months. No one's called me. And what they're saying is I didn't call them. That's what they're saying. But see, it doesn't say the pastor has to call you. The body of Christ, if you go, hey, so-and-so hasn't been here, don't go. I wonder if pastors called them. You call them. Right? You, you can't have a church of thousands and the pastor calls everybody. And here's the other thing. This is why we're supposed to do life together is so that other people on the team that do life with you know that you're not there. Right? If you just come and sit in a seat and you've never gone to get on, you don't serve on a team, you don't go to a group, and then we're supposed to know that you're not here? Come on, man. Amen? 
And so let's just do life together. So we learned that through geese. And then Pastor Kirk taught on doing life together with our GC groups. And those have kicked off. And uh, you can get, still get involved with those. And, of course, they told you how to do hit the prompts on the uh, new texting device service that we're running. And then last week, if you missed it, I would encourage you to go online uh, to uh, our, our guest speaker, James Hensley. Amazing message on being planted in the house. I think my favorite illustration that he did was when he said, man, when he's talking about that guy who walks up to a girl, man, you look beautiful. You're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Your face and your skin and your hair and, oh, man, you're just gorgeous. But then he goes, but your body? You could use to lose 30 pounds. I mean, come on. You know? And it was like this really like, oh, my word, you wouldn't say that to somebody. But then he said, but that's what we say to the body of Christ. Because Jesus in the head, Jesus, I love you. You're so amazing. But, oh, the church. Ugh. Oh, man, if the church would have done this. Oh, I don't know about pastor's message today. And I, that last song, I don't know. About, we start coming against the body of Christ. We keep come against the church. And I, I love that illustration. I've never heard anybody put it like that, and I'm going to steal it. So uh, it was amazing. So I spoke to Pastor James uh, actually yesterday. He was giving me a hard time about my football team. And uh, all the way from Australia, I said, forget you, dude. Uh, you ain't never coming back. No. Uh, but uh, he's a real good football guy. So we all Sunday, we spent time just watching football. He's, he's a really cool guy. And, uh, and uh, we're, we're glad for that relationship. Amen. So we talked about that. He talked about that last week. And so today's our last message. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, on your phones, you can just text uh, 97,000 and then the key code GC Church. And it'll give you the three prompts. One, either to be on the outreach ministry team for the school. Two, to be a part of Get On Fast Track, which is today right after this worship experience in the Red Room. We got food for you. It's going to be great. And then three, if you want to join a GC group. So if you text that number, you'll get those three prompts and then just follow those, all right? So I just wanted to give you that information before we start. So today being Family Sunday, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for all the kids in here, the teenagers in here, uh, all the moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, uncles, aunts. Father, we thank you that we do family together. We do life together here at Generations Church. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name for this message. You help me to communicate it with my heart and your heart from heaven. Father God, that we grow in these things. Father God, in Jesus' name, that you custom fit this message to each person in this place. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, references, and we've heard it from time to time if you've been in church for a long time. If you're kind of new to church, you, you maybe don't know this scripture. But the Bible says, uh, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Say together. So that's what we're doing today. That's the series we're talking about. Do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And then it says, as is the manner of some. So in other words, there's some who don't assemble together. But they might call us their church. Oh, where do you go to church? As a matter of fact, I, I, I met a young lady. I was at Yard House in Temecula with our guest speaker last week because they got the games on everywhere. And uh, that's what he wanted to see. And so we went there, and we're just sitting there. And we sat there a long time. I think our waitress was getting a little irritated like I'm losing tips. But uh, we tipped her well. So praise the Lord. So this one lady comes by, and I don't know. She might be here right now. And she goes, hi, Pastor Troy. How are you? And I have not seen her before. I'm like, I go to your church, she says. I'm like, I've been to the Temecula campus. I don't recognize her. And uh, I said, where do you live? She goes, oh, I live in Moreno Valley. I was like, oh, okay, okay. But here's, here's the interesting thing. No matter where you are, there are people that recognize you. And I was like, man, I must have a really familiar face, face that a waitress in Temecula at Yard House had the bold enough to walk up and say, hi, Pastor Troy, I go to your church. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
but as is the manner of some. In other words, sometimes we don't get to come together all the time. We have work, like that young lady did. And she couldn't maybe be here every Sunday, but she called us her church. She knew who I was. Now, there's some people who say, I go to that one church over there. I don't know the name of it, and I don't know the pastor. No, you don't go to church. <laughs> she at least knew my name, and she knew where my church was, right? But we were in a whole other city 30 miles away, so I was trying to put it all together. As a matter of some, but exhorting one another. Say exhorting. exhorting. This is why we have two-minute mingle. It's not to make you irritated that you have to be social. <laughs> Although some of you are irritated that you have to be social. You'll rebelliously sit there. I'm not saying hi to anybody. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. Rise up on the inside of them. But exhorting one another, and so the much more, so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day? The day Jesus is coming back. Amen. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Everybody say together. Now, I want to just reference this before I get into these scriptures to help you understand. I'm going to preach and teach a little bit today on the heart of Generations Church about family. Some of you have heard this before. If you've gone to get on before, you might have heard some of these things before. But I'm going to kind of package it a little bit different. And it's really because the family's all in here today. But there is uh, the fall of the family institution is what I'm going to call it. The fall of the family institution. In 1962, uh, they voted to take prayer out of school. Now, none of us, maybe some of us, were in school, elementary then, and you would stand up and you would maybe pray in class. You were allowed to take your Bible to class. You definitely said the Pledge of Allegiance or all those types of things in class. And, uh, but they voted to take prayer out of our school systems. For some of us that are teachers now, you can't even fathom that at one day, prayer was part of our school system. And now you got to have all these things just to get approval to have prayer at a flagpole or prayer in a classroom after school is out. The divorce rates began to escalate at about that time when prayer was taken out of school. As a matter of fact, I took this from, uh, actually I didn't write where I took it from, but the Google. Uh, 1969, Governor Ronald Reagan of California made what he later admitted was one of the biggest mistakes of his political life. Seeking to eliminate the strife and deception often associated with the legal regime of fault-based divorce, Reagan signed the nation's first no-fault divorce bill. The new law eliminated the need for couples to fabricate spousal wrongdoing in pursuit of a divorce. Indeed, one likely reason for Reagan's decision to sign the bill was that his first wife, Jane Wyman, had unfairly accused him of mental cruelty to obtain a divorce in 1948. But no-fault divorce also gutted marriage of its legal power to bind husband and wife, allowing one spouse to dissolve a marriage for any reason or for no reason at all. In the decade and a half that followed, virtually every state in the union followed California's lead and enacted the no-fault divorce law of its own. This legal transformation was only one of the more visible signs of the divorce revolution then sweeping the United States. From 1960 to 1980, the divorce rate more than doubled. This meant that while less than 20% of couples who married in 1950 ended up divorced, about 50% of couples who married in 1970 did end up in divorce. 
and approximately half of the children born to married parents in the 1970s saw their parents part compared to only about 11% of those born in the 1950s. This breakdown of the biblical institution of husband and wife and divorce has since affected the church. This is me saying that. Because all of these things that took place, the fall from the 50s to the 60s, prayer out of school, Governor Reagan signs the decree of no-fault divorce, there goes the family. 20% divorce rate, 50% 10 years later. And it has maintained at about that level ever since. Then suddenly we have families that don't have dads and don't have moms. We have unbalanced family lifestyles that once was a stable environment and now is not. Now, I'm not saying any of this to bring condemnation or shame to anybody who's been divorced, but I'm presenting some facts, okay, so you can follow where I'm going. As a result of divorce and the breakdown of family, churches now needed to provide children's and youth ministry that before this time was not needed. Thus the creation of children's and youth pastors and special services for them in order to train and reach them from the broken homes and difficult situations that children now lived in. So this can, as you can see, I say all that to say that because of the breakdown of the family institution, children are not trained up in the way that they should go as stable as maybe before when there was a stable home lifestyle. You can see it in kids when there's a dad not present or a mom not present, the different types of challenges that they take on or insecurities that are within them. Now we know that Jesus can cover all those insecurities and he can heal all those things and he's there for single moms and he's there for single dads and I totally believe that. But it was this, this institution of the breakdown of the marriage family that then churches had to start creating ministry to minister to kids and minister to teenagers because of these things. They were not being taught the ways of God at home any longer. It was, it was, it was sort of relegated to the church in a sense. And so we've had to create children's ministry. So however, here we feel at Generations Church that we are to aid in the training of your children, but we are not to be the main source of that training. Our children's ministry people, all who give their time freely to serve this house, sacrifice. Many of them don't have little kids. And they take their time to serve your children, to train them up, to learn about Jesus. And, and I love that our, our teenage ministry, that we're, we're equipping and training and helping young people through these uh, difficult ages that they grow up in. I, I want to read to you something, Acts chapter 2, that many of us have heard and read as a Pentecostal, Holy Spirit-powered church. It says in Acts chapter 2, we know this, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So if you went back over to Joel, you could read the same text. And it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Everybody say last days. Does that sound a little bit like the Hebrews text we just read when Jesus comes back? Right? Okay. In the last days, when it, when it comes to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then it says, Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on, in those days, and they shall prophesy. And it keeps going. 
I will show wonders in heaven above and the signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, that happened last year, I believe, and the moon into blood, or was that it, the blood moon, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Y'all remember that when the, when the moon turned red? Hello. Okay. Uh, in the last days, so we must be close. Awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, the point I want you to see in this is way up in the beginning. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The reason we are Generations Church is to help train our sons and daughters to prophesy, to know the Holy Spirit, to encounter His presence. Amen? So it is not a babysitting service that we equip people in the children's ministry GC Kids with. It is not a get rid of my teenager on a Friday night so Pastor Jay and his team can just handle them for a little bit. No, we are called to train them up and you are called as their parents to equip them in the last days so that they know how to prophesy. Now how in the world are we going to train our sons and daughters if they don't want to be at the church that you go to? How are we going to train your sons and daughters if you just go, I'll just go over there, or I don't care, I just got to go get mine. It is what it is. You had to be here a few weeks ago. See, we have to embrace and train the sons and daughters. In other words, there's a strategical reason why we have them in here today. So that while we were in worship just a, a few minutes ago and the anointing of God and the power of God was in this place and you could all feel it. It was like, it was like a whole other level almost today of just God's tangibility in this room. Well, guess what? All of your kids and your teenagers felt the same thing. They have a spirit. It's not like when you turn 18, oh, then God puts a spirit in them. They have a spirit. They can hear visions. They can dream dreams. They see into the spirit realm many times more than we do because they're open to it. And so we got to train our sons and our daughters to prophesy. we got to put them in atmospheres where the Holy Spirit is moving, especially in the day, the time that we live in. Especially with things in the schools. they got to know the Holy Ghost. they got to hear His voice. Don't just bring your kid once a month and say, Oh, go get a lollipop in the kids' ministry, have some fun and play some games. No, I mean, we do that, but we do more than that back there. They worship. They, they know the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, I want you to see what Jesus said. Now, I'm setting you all up. I just want you to know that. Setting you up because I'm going to share with you some things in Scripture about why we do what we do here. Amen. And I want you to come together with us as family. Look what it says in Luke chapter 18. This is Jesus. Luke 18 says, Then they also brought infants to him that he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Them as the parents. Now how ticked would you be? You're trying to get your baby touched by Jesus. On the day, he was the healer. And then the disciples go, hey, 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 no, no. Get your kids out of here, man. Go away. Go away with your kids. No, Jesus, no, Jesus doesn't want no kids around him. Jesus want, No, he don't want no babies. Your dirty diapers. Get that foul smell away from Jesus. Don't bring your kids around here. Can you imagine how offended you would have been at the church? Oh, I'm sorry, at Jesus? Then they also brought infants to him, and they thought they might touch him. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Is there another scripture verse? Next one? Yes. But Jesus called them to him and said, Let the little children come to me, 
Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to read it to you in the message translation, and then it gets better when I read it to you in the passion translation. Are you ready? Message translation, people brought babies to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. When the disciples saw it, they shooed them off. And Jesus called them back, let these children alone. Do not get between them and me. These children are, are, kingdom, are the kingdom's pride and joy. And then the Passion Translation says it like this. They brought the, the people brought their babies and small children to Jesus so that he might lay his hands on them to bless them. When the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents and told them to stop troubling the master. But Jesus called for the parents, the children, and his disciples. Oh, team huddle. Come here. Family huddle. Come on. And to come to him, listen to him. Then he told them, never hinder a child from coming to me. Let them all come. For God's kingdom realm belongs to them as much as it does anyone else. They demonstrate to you what faith is all about. Now this is Jesus. And he scolds the leaders. He goes, hey, don't forbid the kids to come. And the reason I'm sharing this with you is sometimes we get a little bit awkward. Because some of us think that the church is obligated to provide you children's ministry. And then you act like sometimes that it's something that you paid for. If you don't get proper customer service with your child. Come on. Now it's none of you here. It's none of you online. But at 1130, i got to change what I'm saying a little bit. You know what I mean? Because sometimes, oh, they didn't take care of my little Johnny the way that I wanted him to. Well, have you served in the last three months? Come on. Because, see, we, we want to come and deposit our children in children's ministry so I can come and get mine and I can have my, my time with God. But yet at the same time, we don't realize that people are sacrificing their time to sow into your child. And then you have the audacity to rebuke them and scold them and get attitude with them. I mean, come on. Where is Jesus on the inside of you for once? Now, this is your pastor apostolically saying, come on, let's rise up a little bit. Let's be better. Let's be better. Let's realize what's going on here. Amen? Don't you think that the enemy wants to come and cause strife and division in the local church? Don't you realize that he might use your little blessing as one of those? To get you upset and offended? Why? Because Generations Church is about equipping children and teenagers to know the Holy Spirit. If there's one church he doesn't want you in, it's this one right here. And he's going to do everything he can to get the parent offended at us. How do I know this? Because it happens. Come on. we got to be smarter than the devil. And he ain't that smart. So if we let him win, how does that make us look? Amen? Now, I'm going to go to our foundation scripture of Generations Church. If you want to go there with me, you can. The, the guys will have it on the screen. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. I haven't taught this actually in the main auditorium in a long time. I did a whole series on it back when we started the church a long time ago. But because of today's message about doing family together... You have to realize when we go back to our children's ministry and we put our kid in there, you're, you're, you're handing your child over to family. And family are going to watch your little baby Johnny or your little Sally or whatever. Uh, you're going to watch. I'm using such plain English names. Uh, we don't have any of those around here. 
They're going to go back there and watch little, little Kanisha and Joaquin and Joaquin. Sergio, Sergio. Come on. I mean, I'm almost like the only white dude in the whole place, man. Sorry. And we're going to go back there, and, and, the, and family's going to receive your, your kid. And they're going to take care of your kid, and they're going to teach them about Jesus. They're going to give them fish crackers. Those things cost a lot, man. And, and, and they're... <laughs> I'm just playing. And, and, and they're going to take care, and then they're going to give the little one back to natural family, but this is spiritual family. And so when we come against the spiritual family, it causes division. And don't you know that we're all called to train them up to learn how to prophesy? And how much are you helping us to train them to learn how to prophesy? What are you establishing in your own home to help us to train them to prophesy? How much are you participating with the children's ministry if you have kids to teach them to prophesy? Have you served there? Do you ever serve there? Do you know what it's like? I know a church, and maybe we should implement this, that if you have a kid, they require you to serve in the children's ministry the first three months you're at the church so you know what it's like. Our children's department is cheering me on loudly right now. Be quiet. All right. 2 Kings chapter 6. Oh, I got two minutes. 2 Kings. I haven't even got there yet. It says, uh, so here's what happens. Let me set it up. Uh, there's prophecy of tomorrow there's going to be a new day, and then famine is in the land. Famine is hardcore. So the Bible says that they sold a donkey's head for five, uh, 80 shekels of silver, and they, they ate the donkey's head. That's a bad day. But it gets worse. They were buying a cab. I don't know how much a cab is, but a cab of doves dropping. Dove doo-doo. And since there's kids in here, I'll just leave it as doo-doo. They were selling that for five shekels. Can you imagine? You got to whip out a quarter to get some bird dung just so you can eat. That's a bad day. That's called recession. Big time. But here's what happens. Then we get to this part. So the Bible says, oh, the donkey's head, the dove's dung. And then it comes to this in verse 26. Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, help my lord, O king. And he said, if the lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Then the king said to her, what is troubling you? And she answered, this woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today. Yes, that's correct. And we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him, and I said to her on that next day, Give your son that we may eat him, but she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the woman that, the, that he tore his clothes, and he passed by on the wall. The people looked, and there underneath he had sackcloth uh, on his body. Then he said, uh, and it goes on. So the point I want to make, and I don't want to say it again because the kids are in the room, but all of you adults can read what it just said on the screen, correct? Y'all get that? And Adam. All right, thanks, Adam. Uh, but some of us, we maybe have never read that text in the Bible, but it is actually what you just read. That a mother sacrificed the child for her own consumption. And we can't really even fathom that. Like, I would think, like, cut off your own stinking arm, chick. I mean, if it's that bad, you take her leg, she takes your leg. 
But don't take your kids. Don't sacrifice your next generation. Don't sacrifice the bloodline. Because you've got to get yours. And it's all about you. But here's the problem in the church. We say, hey, just watch, watch Joaquin and Kanisha back here for me because I just want to get my food. I want to come and get the word. I want to sense the Holy Spirit. I want to get fed the word. And we'll sacrifice. We'll say, hey, just watch my kid. And hey, hey, youth pastor, just can you deal with my teenager? Because I just got to go get my food. But yet we don't participate in the next generation. These ladies sacrifice the next generation. This is why Generations Church is what it is. We are going to embrace the next generation. We're going to embrace the styles of the next generation. We're going to give them the word for the next generation. We're going to train them how to prophesy as the next generation. We're going to teach them how to hear the Holy Ghost as the next generation. Some of you aren't sure if you should clap or not. But here's what we understand. That scripture right there is kind of the foundation. That was the message that came forward before a prophecy came over me about what Generations Church is going to be. And then the Holy Spirit was released upon me. So some people go, oh, I don't know why they do that. And the music's too loud. And I don't know why they got all these things. And I, Well, it's because your teenagers are all serving. There's one serving on camera right now. There's one serving in the booth right now. Normally there's kids serving in children's ministry right now. Normally they serve in the coffee bar right now. Because we don't want this to necessarily be just your church and your kids have to come to it. We want this to be their church and they love to come to it. Amen. Come on, how many churches you know that after the kid turns 18 and they have a choice whether they go to church or not, they bail out because it's boring, it doesn't relate, they don't understand it, it's too religious. And then we lose a whole generation because we didn't know how to reach them or talk to them or dress like them or say anything about them. Fortnite. Even Kanye West got saved. Now he's preaching the word. And I know the keyboard just started behind me, but I don't care. I'm not done yet. It's the funeral music for selfishness. Sorry. That was funny. I just want you to know, to hear my heart, this is one of the things that we've really endeavored to make Generations Church not different than everybody else because it's different, but because we feel like this is what God's asked us to be. He's asked us to be a church that not only reaches those that are 85, but we don't forget those that are under 18. We don't do everything because we like the music and we like the carpet and we like the decorations and we like the sound. And my pastor doesn't wear a suit and tie and that really bothers me sometimes. Every now and then, I'll just change it up just so you're happy one day. But you got to understand. You got to understand. When we do family together, it's because we do family together. We're raising up a generation of young people who most of them don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, let alone Jesus, or even know that they are supposed to prophesy. So when we have 120s and we're encouraging young people to prophesy and declare the things of God, that's the church that you're a part of, amen? 
And so we've got to understand that Jesus said, don't forbid the kids to come to me. In other words, make an environment that children feel accepted, embraced, empowered, encouraged. That's why here at Generations Church, if you're not aware of this, when a, when a, uh, a, a kid turns 12 years old, they get to go to get on. And they get to become part of the church. We got some kids, they count the days. Mom, I'm 11. Only one more year. And I get to go to get on. And I get to start serving. Adam was one of those. And they're so excited. Why? Because they get to be a part of their church. Not I have to go with mom and dad to church. Amen? Are you catching what I'm throwing down? See, we have a heart here that if you're a parent of a child that is in our kids' ministry that, that you serve, that you, that you help as a parent help at least once a month, and just say, hey, I'll, I'll help out. I'll, I'll come 9.30 and, and help with the kids and then come to 11, or I'll, I'll come to 9.30 and then I'll help at 11. I'll, I'll help with someone else's kids because someone else is helping with my kid. It's called, it's called every joint comes together and every part doesn't share. Every part doesn't share. Every part doesn't share. See, in the world, it's all about just get mine. It's a selfish society that we live in. So when you come into heaven's culture and God's house, and it's opposite, it's upside down from what we're learning throughout the week and what we hear and what we see, then it causes us to hear truth. What I'm speaking and saying right now, you hear it and you know that it's truth, but your mind's like, like this because it's opposite of what you hear. So I want to encourage you, if you have a child and you haven't maybe served or helped with the kids, get involved. Sign up at least once a month. Just say, I'll help out. It's easy. You don't have to teach nothing. Just watch them. Maybe give them some fish crackers. Maybe help them color. It's not hard. I would do it, but I got to do this. So I could give the mic to one of you if you want me to go do that. We can trade if you want. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Here's the other thing I want to say, and then I'm going to close. Never use church as a punishment. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Well, there are some teenagers that love coming here. And they love coming here so much that when they get in trouble, the parents have used church as punishment. Well, I can't believe you did that, so you can't go to church. How stupid sounding does that sound? Like, we don't even think about what we're saying when we do that stuff. Well, I don't know what else to take away. That's all they're into is church. Oh, my God. Put that in the Guinness Book of World Records. Teenagers at Generations Church don't want to do anything else but go to church. Parent grounds them from going to church. What? Come on, man. Amen. Take away their cell phone. That'll hurt them. Don't let them play Fortnite. That'll hurt them. That hurt, didn't it, Adam? I could see. You, you got mad at me right there. I could see you went like that at me, Adam. Don't mess with me, Adam. <laughs> You're still talking at me, Adam. Carlos, lay hands on your son. All right. Five-fold ministry. Praise the Lord. So I just want us to understand that if Jesus said don't forbid them, if the Bible says they're going to prophesy... If one generation consumed them, we got to be careful we don't do the same. 
we got to be careful that we don't consume them for our own preferences and our own desires. Well, I don't really need to get that song. How come they don't sing old songs? Because they don't like old songs. I want to just sing some hymns. We exalt thee and the teenagers leave the church. We ex- No, it's a great song. We do exalt him. But just realize we're trying to reach and embrace young people. But we're not going to abandon those that are my age or older. Amen? I love all the people that are over 50 in here because you're cool. Amen? Oh, you're all sitting over here? Okay, all of our staff that are old. Just teasing. Just teasing. Just teasing. Amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Father, we're so grateful and thankful to be a part of a church that does family together. Lord, we're thankful to be a part of a church that wants to teach our little kids your presence and the Holy Spirit and the power that they have. Lord, we're so thankful for a church that wants to take my teenager and my college student and embrace them and train them in what they're called to do and what they're called to be. Lord, I thank you that we do family together. We do life together. We serve together. And we do everything with heaven together. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name that we don't just take this message as just another message, but we apply it to our lives. We're not a hearer, but a doer. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name for parents getting involved with children's ministry, parents getting involved with student ministries. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that we got more adults serving than we have teenagers serving someday in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, that we are about building and equipping your house, that you've called us and appointed us. Father God, that we're going to help parents be great parents. We're going to help, Father God, great-grandparents be great-grandparents, Father, in Jesus' name. We're going to help uncles be great uncles and aunts be great aunts, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, that we're raising up a generation of young people. They're going to honor their parents. They're going to love the house of God. They're going to love Jesus in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. And, Father God, we just thank you just to unite our hearts together by the Spirit right now in Jesus' name, that unite our hearts together in common purpose, common direction. The Father God, that we're all geese and we all fly and we all lift each other higher and we go farther when we do life together. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.